of the Black and Fashion Podcast. Today, I am joined by Brittany Maxey. Brittany Maxey was born and raised in the heart of Brooklyn. New York began, she, she began her journey um, in fashion while attending the high school of fashion industries. After graduating, she went on to open the Maxey Boutique, which was a pop-up that featured Brooklyn designers who customized clothing and also offered ready-to-wear in the boutique. Brittany found her niche in the industry and realized she enjoyed styling and assisting in custom apparel more than retail. After closing her shop, she continued her education at the School of Style, LA, and the Misa Hilton Fashion Academy, NYC. Today, Ms. Maxie works with major celebrity stylists, including Misa Hilton, A. Samuels, and Scott Louis, assisting on major celebrity projects as well as campaigns, including Movada campaigns, Beyonce at Times MCM collaboration, Scott Louis ties Kiki Palmer, and much more. She also just launched the Maxi LLC this past June, which offers personal styling services as well as professional styling services for those seeking a fashion stylist. Welcome, Brittany, to the Black and Fashion Podcast. Hello. How you feeling? Good. Happy Sunday. Okay. You went to brunch. Did you have mimosas? Yes. I Me did. too, sis. It's that type we, of Sunday. Yeah, of course. It's Sunday fun day. <laughs> I usually have champagne like that, but I started rushing because I thought I was going to oh, be late, see, but you were late. I would have <laughs> had time to stop and get you something. <laughs> yes. But you probably already had unlimited. It's, I'm done. Okay. It's better that way because it's like you just can just speak like freely yeah, or whatever. So um, my first segment is just called It's a Look. Um, it's just somebody you had in the media or you saw in the media this week that you felt just like completely slayed. Um, you just want to shot them about out. It. Nicki Minaj. Where? Come back. De- she's working with DeAndre right now. Okay. Um, she looks really good. Okay. I like that she's working with him, and I think this is gonna be really good for her. Okay. As far as progress. What did you like about her look? Um, it was very clean. Okay. It was very simple. It was very chic, but high end. Okay. She, I, I'm kind of fading out of the Barbie mm-hmm. vibe with her, so I think her working with DeAndre is going to be like a good mix of dope, her maturity. Dope. So what was like the fuel or a series of events or inspiration that led you to become a fashion stylist? Um, so I got into styling after my pop-up shop. Okay. Um, I thought I wanted to do retail. I thought I wanted to own a store, mm-hmm. uh, but the overhead was just overwhelming. Gotcha. So I found my niche in the shop uh, creating custom orders. Mm-hmm. It kind of went with the styling aspect okay. of it. So I started looking more into uh, styling uh, programs and education, like School of Style, Misa Hilton, um, which basically put me in the game itself. Gotcha. So well, who was actually like the pers- first person you styled and like how did it make you feel? Um, let's see. Let's go back. So the first project that I actually worked on was uh, Misa Hilton did MCM and a Puma collaboration. Okay. So we styled Big Daddy Kane mm-hmm. and Rhapsody. Nice. Um, so I was interning with her for that and that was like something really big and it was like an intro for me into the celebrity world. Okay, dope. Okay, so what do you feel like was your biggest struggle, like when you first started out, like trying to like launch into styling from having like a retail background? Um, structure. Okay. So with styling, it's very freelance, uh, opposed to retail where it's like more structured. Styling is very entrepreneurial. I learned that this week. Yeah. <laughs> It's very last minute. It's very, there is no structure. You just roll with it. And 
I mean, it pays off, but I had to get used to that. Okay. Um, do you feel, what was, I guess, the biggest challenge um, from you, like trying to run the retail space? <sighs> Profit. And Profit. I think all business owners who have like physical space can relate. Profit is a killer. You're paying because of the overhead space. costs. Yes. Okay. You have employees, the overhead. Um, just if you're not making money with the store, mm -hmm. uh, you're not. If you're not making money in sales, you're not making money in profit. Gotcha. So, so if the store, like, if, so you have like, you, did you have like sales goals that you needed to meet every day? It, yeah, I uh -huh. tried to set them. Mm -hmm. um, luckily for me, uh, it was a long-term pop-up shop, so I had it for four months. I couldn't see myself doing it for a full year. Gotcha. So okay. I was happy I got the experience though, and Good. it led me to styling. Do you? Do you think brick and mortar is dead? Do you think the e-commerce is like the way to go? Yes. Okay. <laughs> e-commerce, digital, do it. That's where all the money is. Okay. And do you feel that like mass customization is like taking completely over and that consumers are like gravitating more towards that opposed to like buying things off the rack? I don't think so. Okay. I think with all these Instagram boutiques and <laughs> online businesses, I believe customs are making a comeback, but not as much. Okay. Like at one point, I want to say early '90s, custom was like, and if you yeah, because all our custom, parents has like all my dad was like, I used to get all my suits yeah. custom made, and I was flying, I was tailor head to toe, <laughs> and I'm like, well, how much, how much was you, uh, they charging back then? Because I know if, in nowadays, if someone wants to make a custom suit, it's gonna be like eight or nine hundred yes. plus Easy. for a tailor suit. And I'm like, daddy, I know you want to drop eight or nine hundred dollars <laughs> on the suit, and you want to buy them like that, right? <laughs> but you know, back then it was more common mm -hmm. than to shop in stores and get things off. Definitely, definitely. So what are like the common body types like that you work with? Um, and which uh, which particular body type did you do you find is super duper challenging? So everyone now has an hourglass shape. That's is that like because of goal. plastic surgery? That's like <laughs> <laughs> is that plastic surgery? That's true, but in celebrity world that's like gold to make the waistline thinner of course. and everything else bigger. But then um, you got women like Wendy Williams that's like top heavy and skinny as shit at the bottom. At the bottom. Do you have clients, do you work with people like that? Is that difficult? I haven't yet, um, mm -hmm. but the great thing about the academy, uh, Misa Hilton's Fashion Academy, mm -hmm. is they cover so much with body types, shaping, styling. It's to the point that they get you where you can take on any kind of clientele. So yes. I wouldn't be afraid to like take on a rectangle shape or round or curvy. I haven't gotten experience yet, but I wouldn't mind. You wouldn't mind. Okay. Do you find that it's hard to like find and like retain clients? Um, like, do you have issues with people like wanting a stylist but not having a budget or wanting a stylist, and then once they get that invoice, they're like, "Oh, sis, I didn't know it was that much." So you're <laughs> in the industry, so you know how this goes. Yeah. Um, people think they want one thing, and then you send them an invoice, and it's like. I didn't think it would cost that much. So stylists, we provide a service. Exactly. Um, some people feel they don't need to pay, that you can just advise them. Me having a conversation with you on colors and fitting, and that's a full consultation. Thanks. So, I, I, didn't, I didn't, when I started out, I didn't used to charge for consultations, but now I do. You have to. Now it's like, even whether you meet me in person or you meet me on the phone, on the phone is $35, because mm -hmm. I can just, I could be doing other things. Yeah. So I'm not wasting my time or anything exactly. like that. But in person, I got to sit there and talk to you, but now I also put a limit on it. Like, you ain't about to talk my ear off yeah. for two hours about all your dreams and visions and stuff exactly. like that. I need you to kind of have a clear cut. <laughs> vision before you come to me and then we can work off of that but 
I had to start, but people don't like it though. But that's how you weed out the people that are serious yes. about learning or serious about what they want to do is the people who are like, oh, no problem. I'll pay the consultation because I know that, that that's your time. It's investment. Girl. Exactly. I, since I've been doing that, business has picked up. I'm like, I'm yes. getting the people that I want to work it and work with. And then now, like the people that um, are annoying or the people that are harder to work with, they're not coming once they find out. Like people yeah. just recently, like, yesterday, mm-hmm. I got a long DM and this guy was basically asking me hella questions, like a whole bunch of questions. Like, I should I this, that. I should that, da, 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 da. <laughs> I, mean, I was moving yesterday. I moved to Brooklyn. But it was oh, so God. many questions that I just like countered it. Like I have a copy and paste thing. And I was like, hi. Thanks for reaching out. (laughs) When would you like to set up a consultation? I'm available. I put my availability. I put how much it costs. Please let me know when you would like to schedule one. Done. I'm not answering none of those. No (laughs) questions. My friend, uh, Rhea, she's into PR and marketing. And one of her biggest things was, you can pick my brain after you pay this invoice. Facts. And I all the way got that. And I gave that out so much fucking free (laughs) advice. This is what I'm saying. It's dead. I'm not giving out no more free advice. Like, it's over for y'all. I had, you know how many students? loans I got? I could you, imagine. Man. I could imagine. Like from between bachelors and like going and trying to get yeah. that masters and stuff like that. And you have a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you got I a lot. I got about $85,000 worth of loans. Y'all, y'all need to y'all pay me pay. this $50. Yeah, to pick talk. my brain after. <laughs> right. So um, recently um, you made a comment on like one of my posts or whatever and you yes. were saying that um, fashion designers don't really put like money into like PR yes. and like budgeting and something like that because they feel like they don't need it. So yes. I just wanted you to kind of elaborate on that and more and just put it out there uh, for the ones that um, need to know that public relations is a big deal yes. and you need to get, if you want really to get the placement with celebrities like you were saying, you do have to go to PR. So I just wanted you to kind of like explain it a little bit more. So I, I wish I could go on my live right now. Why can't you? Um, my phone's being like silly. Uh, so Can this you is mine? Really oh wait, it would be on my lap. We can save it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big but she's recording, so we can't. You can oh, repost send it. it. To me. Yeah, yeah. and then I have this camera too, which oh, will be on perfect, YouTube. Perfect, perfect. So we'll. Oh, okay. Yeah, you good. <laughs> um. So yeah, the biggest thing with black designers in the industry is that we don't have a lot of PR uh, houses that represent us. And then the friends that we do have that may have access to celebrity world, mm-hmm. we don't utilize them. We don't say. Let me give you this dress for you to pull and see if you can get this person in it. Or I notice black designers are more um, protective mm. over their garments, over their makings. Like they're very protective of their brand, and I get it. Right. But when you got these Philip Limbs and all these white designers, that's like, hey, give this to Misa to throw on such and such. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to them. Right. And guess what? They get the publicity. Of course. See, now I'm. In between there. Well, when I was doing custom, hell no, I'm not making no custom dress for no, nobody. Not. But if I had things that I just had, <laughs> like that I was wear. creating mm-hmm. and stuff like that, ready to wear, and I was on the rack, absolutely. Because even the stuff now that I've done, like from past collections, mm-hmm. if somebody want to pull it, I'm like, take yeah, it, take, take it, it, take it. Like, I don't care. But yeah. like, I think a lot of black designers are not, in, not a lot. A lo- not even a lot, because there's a lot of black designers that do ready to wear. But the ones that are emerging mm-hmm. are mostly doing custom. And, so a yeah. lot of times they don't just have clothing or collections sitting yes. around. And that's where it is. It's like when they learn to separate custom apparel from ready to wear apparel, I think that would be helpful. Like yeah. you can't really merge the two. Like you can have a, a custom sector, you have a ready to wear sector, but you really want to get your name out there. You got to put a little bit more time into that, yeah. that ready to wear sector. Like, yeah, you do the custom, but the custom, I know it gets the money but the ready to wear is what's going to help you grow you need to have a rack like as a designer 
as an established designer, especially if you want to be taken seriously and mm-hmm. you want to get your stuff out there and get the publicity, you need to have a rack. People need to have access to things that you've made and designed. And a lot of that doesn't happen. I'm working I've met on designers that. without <laughs> lookbooks. That's a big deal. If mm-hmm. I'm talking to someone and I'm saying, I know this girl that makes this and does that, as you know, that comes up right. on the regular. Like, mm-hmm. Who can we find to do this? I have no presentation. So the next best thing is going to a showroom and doing a pull, mm-hmm. which is from a European designer. Ideally, I would love to pull from like, black my black designers. Yeah, I would love that. Okay. I have so many. So in the fall, I got you covered. Okay. I'm making an outerwear collection yes. and I'm doing a jumpsuit collection. Yes. And then I'll have a whole rack full of stuff. Just come and I take it and put it on everybody. That's <laughs> what we need. Like, right. even if um, I thought about it, doing it with one of my friends. Like, um, uh, Shaya has a rack, right? Yes, Shaya has a rack. Um, mm-hmm. My friend Rhea, who does PR, I was looking to even do it with her, get in a showroom setting where we could just have all you guys under one roof. And that's another thing because you have black designers that say I don't want my stuff with her stuff or I don't want my designs in the shop with that and I've been through that with my pop-up shop I've Mm -hmm. been through that in business it's like as a community in fashion we need to get more united that's why I started the group message too like love you yeah like because like I feel like I'm I'm we, I'm trying to get yes, you together. I got a new number, so I got to <laughs> Yeah, get like, I'm trying to get everybody it, yeah. to be, because right now, because we were talking about doing, like, a photo shoot okay. with all of our designs together, like, like a campaign. And nice. But we want to do it, like, during Black Fashion Month. So we tried to do it in March, but it just was so hard to get everybody together. And it was, like, the midst of prom season. Oh, yeah. I'm like, next year, we start planning early. Let's do a whole campaign and bring in some stylists to just pull all our different stuff that we have, exactly. put together this campaign, and just be like, I'm black. Yeah. And I'm black. And, and I'm black. Designers. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like, unite. Right, like, I, I think it's there. It just takes some, like, a little bit of pulling teeth because it's very difficult to get everyone together, especially, like, in a, in a photo oh, shoot no. setting, I'm scared. <laughs> like, I don't feel like any of us should be there, in all honesty. I think we should make the garments, give it to and a stylist, photographer. Like yeah, because if all the designers are there, it's definitely everybody got this creative side to them. They're going to bump heads. I'm like, and that's what I said. I'm like, we don't all need to be at the photo shoot. Yeah. Like, we all just need to have our pieces and let the stylist, and we can yeah. choose one creative director yeah. and a photographer and let them do their thing but if you have 10 designers in the same room y'all all gonna be like and that's you're not seeing enough too. of my piece or exactly. you gotta turn around like we just gotta eliminate that <laughs> completely exactly so I want you to give I have a segment called fashion stories okay so it can be a success or a disaster story <laughs> but either way go it has to be something that you learn something from like whether you learn like I would never do that again or okay. learn something about business but something that you was like damn really good lesson for me um okay so i've learned my biggest i want to say challenge it was a blessing and kind of mistakes along the way Mm -hmm. but my first campaign which was with movado Mm -hmm. um in fashion black girls and black stylists are not known for getting these big major campaigns Mm -hmm. like us getting into movado or law roach doing um this collab with Tommy Hilfiger, even Dap and Gucci. Like, these are big things happening that mm-hmm. are breaking barriers for us, which are great. So when I got to get on the Movado campaign, um, it was a lesson learned because it's very fast-paced. It's very much so structured. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to get with that. I was so used to just being, you know, kind of all over with fashion, style, and celebrity world. But when you're on set with production companies and there's a million dollar budget set, like you gotta be sharp. 
Gotcha. So I learned um, doing that, and that was with Addie Samuels and Marissa Pelly. I like I love Addie. I I do too. (laughs) Love their work. Um, They're really good. Marissa's actually, that's another thing I learned how to network, like Mm -hmm. working on set with her. You don't want to go on set or you don't want to start working with someone as an intern and try to take the assistance position. Like you shouldn't even try to, and I learned that, you shouldn't even try to so much be uh, in front of the head stylist. You Mm want to cater to the head assistant. Okay. Because that's the person that's going to get you your future jobs. And we have to learn to be nice to assistants. Okay. Those that's are the, a good the real plugs. That's a good input. Because the they know everything. Never, yeah. And the hairstylist won't even remember your name. True. But the assistant will. <laughs> this is true. Okay. Do you do you find it difficult to partner with other stylists? Like, is it hard when everyone's vision is maybe be a little different? No. I'm not on that level yet. Um, <laughs> I'm sure when I get, like, my own celebrity clients, I'll be on that. But as an assistant, I'm just like, what do you need done? Let mm. me just... The, you're less involved with the creative end of it when you're at my level. You're a task oriented. Yes. Okay. So it's like you're not really getting so creative. But you're running like, yes. and, and you, but you're networking and you're meeting a lot you're of people at the same you're time. You're meeting people. You're getting opportunities. I've known people that I I, I I know someone right now who's doing a tour with like Solange. She oh, nice. went to the academy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, it, it you network, you meet people, you get opportunities. She's gotten so much opportunity mm-hmm. just from networking and being around people, and so have I. So. It's, yeah, it's a networking thing. Do you want to stay in the, the urban African-American black designer lane, or would you prefer to, like, reach out into different markets? Like, would you mind styling, like, a, a Taylor Swift? So I actually <laughs> want to step out of celebrity world for a little while. Really? Okay, yeah. nice. Um, so I launched the Maxi uh, in June of this year, mm-hmm. which is going to cater to more or less up-and-coming uh, artists, also nice. to everyday yes, people. for the culture. Yeah, and just <laughs> everyday people. I mean, Colin Carter didn't start off with Mariah Carey. And I know him. He started off with Cardi Cardi B, B. And yeah. he and took I a chance, look, and now look. Honey, my friend Nick and him were roommates. And See, I remember being in the apartment with him with all that stuff. He asked me to See. take him to Jersey one time. I'm like, Colin, I got something to do today. And he yeah. to go to Cardi B's house. <laughs> and I was just like, I just can't. Like, yeah. I just can't. I'm tired as fuck. Like, I can't take mm-hmm. you or whatever. But, like, I just remember him and, like, his little insides and his assistant and like that room just being full of clothes and he works hard people don't see hard it. i've seen him people from the ground it. when they yes. first started and i'm like colin and then when he started getting bigger and bigger and bigger, i'm like this man is doing his thing look at that yeah and that was like yes. that was just the luck of it like mm-hmm. he literally did what he had to do his yep. first time and her team wanted to keep him around i'm That's sure what's up. so okay what are some of the things, were there any things that you were, like, really surprised to learn from, like, um, the School of Style and, like, attending Mesa Hilton's Fashion Academy? Yes. Uh, mannerism. Mm-hmm. Like, within the industry. So, they started these schools because, apparently, people were in the industry being, un- like, unprofessional and just, it was just bad. I heard it was ratchet things going on in the industry. Oh, really? <laughs> so, these schools it. were made, yeah, to kind of teach professionalism, having manners on set, having manners around celebrities, you mm-hmm. know. You're in a different, once you're in, you're in. Mm-hmm. So, it's like you're in a different world. You know, okay. you have to act a certain way. You have to be cautious of things you say okay. and things you do. So, learning that, the schools definitely taught me that. 
Gotcha. Do, I don't I know if you're in this place yet, but like, have you ever happened to like, you ever dealt with like a, a client or anyone that has transitioned from like buying their own clothes into like working with a stylist? Like, is that a harder transition? Like, when you have a vision for someone, when you look at them, or they have their own vision for themselves and they just it's just like not aligning. <laughs> So that goes, they teach you that in school. Okay. That happens like 99% of the time. You I believe people, it. And it's like, what am I here for then if you can style yourself? But right. then when you like, you know, convince people your vision and try different things, it's always fun. But that mm -hmm. happens a lot. More with women, I want to say, than men. Okay. I feel like this question you kind of already answered. I was like, um, which one, which campaign, which of the oh. one you liked the most was that the Movado campaign? Yeah. Um, and what was what was like the message behind like the Movado campaign? What was it about? Uh, it was literally just um, they were releasing new watches. Okay. And they just wanted to give like a young, trendy, urban kind of vibe to it. Okay. Uh, you can go on their website. Like everything's there that we did. It was super fun, and mm -hmm. I got to shop for it, which nice. is fun. I think this is your water, girl. And it's been sitting here the whole so time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just realized this. I was Take just a breather. talking without my <laughs> I was like, I was looking. I just saw it over there. So. I was scared. I'm like, I'm late. I ain't got time for water. No, you're good, girl. Actually, we already at the end, and we only got we got seven minutes, so we could you oh, answer your questions good. quick, like Yay. we just breezing through. Real professional, <laughs> right? Like real much like I'm late, but we still gonna stay in our town. We still gonna answer yes, all these questions. Everything. Okay, so what are three items every woman needs in her closet this summer? Okay, so this summer, the first thing you need, I don't know if you saw my post, are wooden hangers. <laughs> I have those already. I it's have white ones. Basic, yes. <laughs> I have white wooden hangers. So I go to my friend's house sometimes, and I'm like, "What? Oh, all these colors? Oh, being in the industry is different now, mm -hmm. so I'm not looking at it that way." Um. So yeah, your wooden hangers. Well, actually, they're not in my closet. They're for my clothing, like my designs. Oh, so like, okay. so like in my studio, like all of my hangers are white wooden Good. hangers, and then I have felt hangers, like for my my shit. Doesn't it give you like a peace of mind? Right, and it's just cute that way. In my so regular cute. closet, girl, it's it's all like the felt hangers, but I got some colors in but there, motherfucker too. But my shit is organized by sleeve length. Okay. And Ooh. then it's, yeah. Your girl, girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, okay. Like, that's the retail, yes. It's that's everything. And then, job. like, all the tops on one side, and then they're organized by sleeve length. And then fall and spring are separated. And okay. then the bottom row is all jackets, and they go from light to thickness. Ooh. And then my dresses are organized by sleeve length, too, on the other side. Oh, so. nice. Oh, yeah, I'm playing oh, around. You, I need to be able to get in there and grab. Yeah. I thought about that, like, this whole closet concierge thing. But, yeah, yeah you know, people don't want to play for shit. I, girl, <laughs> we got to get out the city. It's mm. like the city sucks all your money anyway. We gotta go to Long Island. So we gotta go like Long Island, Westchester. We gotta visit these. We can go to the Hamptons. <laughs> okay, so what else? Um, so that and then uh, a white tank. Everybody okay. needs a white tank top. So in the summer, I find myself um, advising people to dress Why up in accessories. Music? I hear a lot of music. That's the people surrounding outside. us. Like, is it outside? Yeah. That's why we can fucking hear. We ain't gonna hear it on the table. We can hear it through here. I'm like, but they jamming though. <laughs> Go, sorry. Um, so white tee and then um, some accessories. Basically, you want to just keep it simple in the summer. Don't mm -hmm. do too much. I hate when you see people doing too much and it's hot as hell. Yeah, and now they, they got an extra layer. Yeah, it's like keep it clean, chic, and mm -hmm. simple. So that's what I was going for. That's what I, you went for. Pop today. a little coat. I love it. <laughs> All right. So, um, what are your long term goals and like where do you plan on taking your business like within the next five years? Ten years is a stretch because you just started. So I ain't gonna do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do five. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, um, which is great because the last five years I spent basically getting up until this point and preparing. Gotcha. So within five years, I see myself um, running the maxi as a full uh, upscale service to mm-hmm. like, like we said, people in these counties. Um, I just want to do something chill. Mm-hmm. Like I believe the next two years might be the last two years of me doing Celebrity World. Okay. And I just want to work for myself. I just want to do something more chill. I have a child, so oh. yeah, me jumping up, you know, in the middle of the night to say I got to go to LA or Atlanta for the, that's not gonna work all the time. I feel you. So yeah. <laughs> I need something more, just chill and. I see that in the next five years. And me just working, you know, from home, working for myself, Mm -hmm. uh, doing house calls, doing consultations. And you better get into the closet concierge wave because you already there. I know. I know. (laughs) Go ahead because I ain't got got too much on my plate. I'm doing that this week, okay? (laughs) Okay, I'm like, get on that. Closet concierge services, like completely revamp that girl. Take that. Yeah, take that. I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah. So, what is uh, my last segment is a uh, fashion inspo segment. So, any like exhibits or events or any readings that you suggest to any like aspiring like designers? I'm sorry, stylists. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who wants to really get into styling, whether it be interning, assistant, like anything you think that they should read or look at or research as to like getting them um, into the business. Uh, yes. So the best thing that happened to me with this styling was the Misa Hilton Fashion Academy. Honestly. Okay. Uh, it equipped me with all the info and knowledge I needed to know, mm-hmm. as well as uh, got me internships. Um, I even interned for her. It's a really good program. It's expanding. They offer different uh, departments and segments that you can take up as mm-hmm. far as in fashion. But nice. it's really like it's growing. It's going to be big. It's really a good investment into yourself if you want to do this for real. Okay. We because need to they get Misa don't on the show. Can you come to Brooklyn and come to the Real show? Real quick. Get some little, just give these girls some hope. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right, guys. We actually went through that shit fast. Yay. And I thought that I was going to have to like chop the interview down in I'm half. So but come on for being professionally late, yes. but answering all the yes. questions. And like, I'm still here. I'm present. I'm going to do my job. Yes. I'll talk thank, to you, thank girl. You, girl. <laughs> yes, I appreciate it. So I'll have all of Brittany's contact information in the show notes. You want to go ahead and just shout it out just so they hear it verbally yes. too. So my personal Instagram is Miss underscore Maxi, and my business is The Maxi LLC. Go follow it. Uh, you can check out the website www.themaxiellc.com. Uh, the links also in my bio. I don't have a Facebook as of right now, but we're working on that. And um, yeah, just check me out. My consultations are literally twenty bucks right now. Oh, you go, girl. So yeah, what's that for? Twenty minutes? I know, right? Thirty. Thirty minutes. Okay. I'm being nice. (laughs) Good. You starting now, so that's that's good. You know, especially when people like I got to pay to talk for you. But like I said, a lot of times they're not the your target consumer is not necessarily the immediate people around you. A lot of times your target consumer is somewhere else, but that clientele absolutely does exist. Well, that, this is the shortest episode I think I ever had. I love we it. We had 26 seconds. And people yeah. don't like to listen to podcasts more than 30 minutes. Really? So, yeah. Like, so, so just statistics. Good. Yeah, statistics. That's why I try to keep it low. But sometimes we get to talking shit and we get to laughing. But, yeah, this we're at 26. Good. This is, like, perfect. It has the right information in there. It has oh. good questions. So, we went in today, sis. Yay! And I got a meeting in 15 minutes. Oh, this is so <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> signing now. Y'all know what I say. Stay black. Peace out.